Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello. Today, I'm going to talk about the Buddhist concept of karma. Karma. Or, also, this can be called cause and result, because that's what karma means. It means cause and result. Actions have consequences. So, karma is an action, and an action is something that produces a result, a cause that produces a result, okay? So we can get hung up on this word, and we'll talk about some of the deeper connotations, but just keep in your mind, karma means action, and action means a cause that produces a result. So when you do some, when actions have consequences, that's karma, okay? And in the book, uh, Power of Mind, Kentro Lodrote, he says, positive actions and negative actions will be what pull us along, forming the basis of our future experiences. At the time of death, we carry only our karma with us. We cannot bring our loved ones, power, fame, or beauty. So he is leaning on, referring to the traditional Buddhist teaching that the actions you do in this life have an impact on a potential future life. So if you do lots of, and people know this concept, if you do lots of awful things, then in your, you will be reborn in sort of a, a less favorable situation than you're in now. That's, that's sort of the teaching. So with that in mind, we should do as many good things as we can. Now, I think we can think of it that way, um, but we can also think of it a little bit differently if we want to. I know uh, plenty of people struggle with the idea of rebirth, that when you die, some aspect of you moves to another realm or to another being is part of an endless cycle or a nearly endless cycle. People really struggle with that in the modern world. And I I have struggled with that a lot myself, actually. I have struggled with that a lot because it's a difficult thing to wrap your head around. Like, so there's someone in the future, some being who is in some sense you, but in some other sense, they're not you because they just have your karmic imprint. They don't, there's not a soul that's going to them. They just have your karma. Like, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around. But I think we can think of karma another way And we can reflect on how we've seen in our own lives our actions having consequences, our actions bringing results. I think we can reflect on how we've seen that in our own life. I've seen that a lot in my life. Um, And when we practice meditation, when we're mindful, when we learn to pay attention, I think we, we see it more, but I think it's always there. So, so, uh, for example, there, there has been a time, there's been probably several times, where I knew something was wrong, was not the right thing for me to do at the time. 
and I came up with a reason why it was okay so that I so that I could do it and not feel guilty and consequences came later not the consequences I was expecting different consequences and that's sometimes when people think of karma they think of well this will lead to this you know um and that's it's not necessarily so linear in that way so so someone may think, oh, karma is if you steal a car, the police are going to catch you and arrest you, right? And it's not necessarily that. It could also happen you steal a car and you wreck that car and you get hurt, right? Or it could be you steal a car with a friend and then you fight over who's going to take the money when you sell it, right? All sorts of things like that. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong. So sometimes we might think, that actions don't have consequences when in reality it's just that they're not having the consequences that we're expecting. We're putting an expectation on karma and we cannot do that. And it may just be that you like you cheat on your spouse and you feel guilty all the time. And maybe you're never even caught but you feel guilty all the time and it hurts your relationship and it hurts your well-being, right? Or it could be you step on someone else to get ahead at work, to get a promotion, right? And you, like, do something unethical, like like uh, frame them for doing something wrong so that you get the promotion or something. You could carry around guilt about that. You could carry around guilt about that and not even enjoy your new job because you feel so guilty. There's all sorts of consequences that can come. That's my points. So we may think, you know, if I steal, I'm going to get stolen from, and it, it's not necessarily that neat, and tidy. Okay? Okay. So, I'm going to read some more from Kendrell Lodrote. He says, Inaction is called positive or virtuous when it creates a cause for future happiness. This means the action becomes a source of future happiness, joy, and pleasure. Inaction is called negative or non-virtuous when it results in future suffering, physical, verbal, or mental. When we die, the habitual tendencies of the pos these positive and negative actions are what form our future experience. The results of our actions are infallible. So that, that infallible just means you're not getting out of it. Okay. So, positive and virtuous actions. Helping other people. Uh, learning to see things clearly. Uh, working to develop compassion and wisdom to find your your great potential. Those are virtuous actions. Um, not giving in to temptation all the time is a virtuous action. A non-virtuous action is if you harm another person, if you harm yourself, if you take something that's not given to you, if you tell lies, these things are non-virtuous actions. These are negative actions. And when we do those things, consequences can come later, right? Consequences can come down the line. If you tell lies, People can decide you're untrustworthy. That's a consequence, right? If you take something that's not yours, you can be caught. Or again, people can decide you're not trustworthy. That A lot of consequences, um, the way people see you. Because if you're a kind and virtuous person, people see that. And most people like that. Most people like meeting someone who's really genuine and down to earth and real and authentic and good. Most people like that person. So it creates more harmonious situations with the world around you if we cultivate virtue. Actions are sometimes said to be like planting seeds in our minds. The seeds become habits. So if we're doing good actions, 
it inspires us to do more good actions. And if we're doing negative actions, it inspires us to do more negative actions. They become habits, so it becomes just the normal thing we do. So that's why, you know, it creates a habit. So you might feel guilty the first time you shoplift and the second time, but if you keep doing it, it's going to be a habit and you're not going to feel anything. You're not going to feel anything. And then, ultimately, if, you, if it's a big habit and you're addicted to it, you'll be caught. You'll be caught. And that's, you know, not just, there's not just criminal consequences to that, but also it's, I assume, really embarrassing. Really embarrassing. So there's embarrassment, public awareness consequences too. And we could feel really ashamed, right? Shame is powerful. Shame is a powerful consequence. Shame is a powerful consequence. So negative actions can lead us to unpleasant circumstances, and positive actions can lead us to pleasure and joy and well-being, contentment. And those, those are things we want, right? So we, what we're trying to do here is get to, our, get to our greatest potential for joy. Get to our greatest potential for joy. So, uh, Kendrell Lodrote, he describes two kinds of positive actions. Number one is those that produce good experiences and states within cyclic existence. These are based on ordinary perceptions, intentions, and ignorance. I'll talk about what that means in a minute. But the second kind is those that take us beyond this cycle and contribute to finding ultimate freedom and peace. By virtue of our motivation, view, and other factors... These contribute to transcending cyclic existence. So what is cyclic existence? That's just this realm of birth and death, this realm of suffering we're in. And enlightenment is being free from that. So, so like I say, like I said, um, I think I've said before, this has, mind training has like a, a, what's called a temporary goal and an ultimate goal. This is just really the same concept. Concept. So cyclic existence is this world of suffering. We can call it samsara or the realm of dukkha if we want to, but it's this world we are normally dwelling in and we can make that better. Okay? We can see the world more clearly. We can have more joy. We can, we can learn how to experience the hardship of life and not fall apart. And we can learn to really appreciate and be grateful to the good things so that we find more joy in them and we can find more things to make us happy in our lives that we're not right now paying attention to. So that's the worldly goal. And then the second goal, the secondary goal, what's called the ultimate goal, is that classical spiritual enlightenment. You can put down all your baggage, you can put down all your suffering, you can transcend this life and become something more. And Some people might struggle to believe in that second one. Plenty of people don't believe in spiritual enlightenment, actually. Plenty of people don't. And you don't have to. You don't have to. A person can use these, these mind-training tools. A person can use understanding karma, understanding suffering, understanding impermanence, understanding human life. A person can use that simply to find more joy in life and produce more good experiences. And that's it. A person doesn't need to be motivated by enlightenment at all to get a whole lot of benefit from these teachings. So if you are a person who's not Buddhist and doesn't believe in enlightenment, awakening, 
that's okay because that's okay. This shouldn't, doesn't have to take you off this path at all because those worldly benefits are going to mean something to you. It's the same thing when, you know, when businesses hire somebody to come teach them mindfulness meditation. It's the same thing. We're trying to make our worldly circumstance better and maybe we're not trying to get spiritual enlightenment in that context, right? We accomplish, though, we accomplish a lot more. We transform ourselves a lot more when we're motivated by bodhicitta. Bodhicitta is the mind of awakening. It's the wish to benefit others. And when we see things, when we have it, when we're motivated by that, it's easier to see things clearly. It's easier to see, see things clearly because then we're not just thinking about ourselves. We're not uh, thinking about our emotional baggage, any of those things, but rather we're just motivated by that, that pure wish to help other people, that pure wish to make the world a better place. And another thing is this, no action is too small. No action is too small. Little things matter. Every action is a decision and we can always make a difference. You know, I'm thinking about like people think little white lies and gossip and things like that aren't that harmful. And, and I, they're little things, I guess they aren't, but they matter. Everything matters. And if we can stop telling white lies and stop gossiping, we're going to have a more, a more harmonious life and we're going to find more happiness in life. Those things don't bring a real happiness. Okay. We find happiness by creating the causes of happiness, and we create the causes of happiness by living a mindful, compassionate life where we are trying to do good things and we're trying to pay attention and see things clearly. That is how we find, create the causes of happiness. It is not by giving in to every temptation. It is not by taking things from other people. It is not even by taking things we didn't earn. It is by trying to be a good force in the world, trying to be a good force in the world, be virtuous. Virtue is so such an important thing to cultivate. And I think we, we sometimes let it slide a little bit. We sometimes aren't thinking about it when we should be. Um, Kendra Lodrote in the book, power of the power of mind, he goes on to say a practitioner who has spent time reflecting on karma will engage in as many positive actions as possible while avoiding harmful ones. When we focus on generating positive intentions and engaging in positive actions, our entire experience will be transformed as we sow the seeds of happiness. I believe that's true. If we cultivate virtue and mindfulness, compassion and wisdom, our entire life will be transformed for the better, for the better. So that is it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me and have a good day. Hello, this is a reading from The Power of Mind by Kendra Lodrote. And this reading is about reflecting on karma or reflecting on cause and result. Okay? So, I'm going to do the reading now, and I quote, Use this practice of karma to change your perspective and transform your experience. To do so, build a habit of being aware that everything that happens to you is a result of a cause 
and that every single action you do will produce a similar result. Set a goal to remember karma as many times as you can in one day, such as once every hour. By relating to every experience as being a result and everything you do as being a cause, then set the goal to do that for one week. Continue to extend this practice over time, habitually bringing to mind the infallibility of causes and results. For example, when you talk to someone, think, these words will produce a like result that I will experience. Would I want to have someone speak to me like this? Then treat this person as you would wish to be treated. When someone disturbs you, pause. Give yourself a moment for perspective. Remember, everything I am experiencing now is the result of unknown previous actions. It is not random or unfair, even if it is difficult. A result can only happen when its cause is in place. By experiencing this now, I am exhausting my storehouse of previous negative actions. Then reflect on how to respond to each situation. What actions will you choose to take? What causes will you create for your future experiences? Think deeply about your reactions because they will become your future. Always act and react as you envision your future experiences to be. So that's the reading. Thank you for taking the time to listen and have a good day. Thank you for listening and have a good day.